Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Today's request is a long-standing request, actually. It comes to us from long-standing listener Dave. And it is 1984's The Mutilator. The Mutilator is a sinister, sinister title. I passed by this on the video store shelves when I was a kid. It did catch my eye. It's got a hook in the foreground, a big hook being held by a hand dripping with blood and some really scared teenagers in the background behind it. Nevertheless, I never picked it up. I never watched it until this very night. I don't know, just something about it. Uh, We were in the mood for an 80s slasher. This is 1984 and uh, was going through the request list. This popped up and it happens to be available on Amazon Prime. And Craig said, oh yeah, I've seen it. I remember a little bit of that. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, oh, this will be interesting to do. But definitely my first time seeing it, and I finished watching it about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Craig, how about you? What's (laughs) what's your history with this film? It's funny, because when you recommended it, I said, oh yeah, I've seen it. And then I went to play it again. I didn't know it was on Amazon Prime. I wish I had because I found it on Tubi, which is a free streaming service. It's ad supported. So you have to watch commercials. So that's Mm. where I saw it and where you can find it for free if you are interested. But when I went to play it, uh, it started it about 30 minutes in. So I realized that I had started watching it, but I hadn't finished it. I like to go to Tubi when... I'm grading papers, especially like not essays, but just like grading like like worksheets and papers and stuff like that that I don't have to put tons of thought into. I like to put on old horror movies that I haven't seen just to kind of have in the background. And again, here we go, you know, recommending these streaming services. But Tubi is free and uh, they have a huge, huge horror catalog a lot of stuff that i've never seen or heard of and this was one of those i don't remember seeing this on the shelves i don't remember thinking or knowing anything about it back in the day until i just came across it online but uh i understand i I think Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, I understand why I'd never really heard of it. I understand why I don't hear much about it, because there's really not much special about it. Yeah. But it's typical. It's it's a typical 80s slasher. It hits all the notes you would expect it to hit. A, A bunch of horny college kids get together. They don't go to a cabin in the woods. Instead, they go to a condo on the beach <laughs> <laughs> that's the innovation that's here pretty, <laughs> that's, that is that's the that's the only thing really that kind of sets it apart from any other typical 80s slasher <laughs> that all that being said i mean it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's exactly what i thought it would be more or less turned out you know to deliver Exactly what I was looking for, which was what you described, a typical 80s slasher that hits all the notes, but has been lost to time because it's not particularly great, which oftentimes means, you know, it's so bad it's good and we can laugh about it. We can make fun of it. And I I think we're going to have a ball talking about this movie because despite, you know, the fact that it's paint by numbers, there are a few charm points in here. There there are a few elements uh, that when we get to them as we're recounting the movie that you're going to go, oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> At least I did. You know, I've made movies. I think people pro- on here probably know that. Don't get me wrong. Um, you're not going to be able to rent them <laughs> anywhere. You're not going to find them on Tubi. Right. I'm not going to pretend they're amazing. But, you know, I know what that was like to go out and, and make a film and gather friends together and do it. And for that reason, I tend to appreciate most movies. Even the really bad ones, even the really, really amateurish ones like this one. Back in my mind, I'm thinking it's still got some heart. You know, there were people obviously involved in this. Clearly, if you look at the cast list, you know, the director's last name shows up in like five different places. So, you know, he brought his family in on some of these things. And then when you go to the trivia section in IMDb, it's almost cute. You know, it's like... Writer-director Buddy Cooper kept a lot of the props used in this film. Well, yeah, of course he did. It's the only movie he ever made. And probably most of those props came from his house in the first place, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) Ruth Martinez was still in college when she made this film. Well, yeah, that's obvious, (laughs) you know? Uh And the climax was shot in a single night. Uh, Again, I'm not surprised. It's just that kind of movie. But I have to say, as a guy who at one time just imagined he would be making movies for a living, I so wish I was of age in this era and was in a place with resources and smart enough to to know what a cash cow horror films, slasher movies like this were. It came out in 1984. Even though this movie is, is totally, this movie had a different title. Before it was The Mutilator, it was called Spring Break. Fall Break. Yeah, Fall Break. Sorry, Fall Break. Because it was kind of the only thing left, right? Because we had had Prom Night. At this time, there were all of these movies. Prom Night, April Fool's Day, coming out around holidays and things like that. Final Uh exam. And so, of course, this was shamelessly made by one guy just to capitalize on this thing. And it made a bunch of money for him. It didn't go down in history as a remembered and well-loved film, but there it was. I mean, he did it, he put it out there, and we are going to freaking talk about it (laughs) 40 years later, which is kind of remarkable, you know? So in that respect, I'm going to really enjoy talking about this movie and picking out the charming points, while at the same time laying it all on the table from the beginning. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty silly. Paint-by-numbers, standard slasher. But we've seen so much worse. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, we've seen worse, and we've also seen movies that got a lot more attention, that people remember, that weren't necessarily any better. You know, it's just Mm. kismet that some movies find an audience and some don't. And this one, I I find charming for similar reasons that you do. Uh, I did a student film in college um i i played i don't even really remember (laughs) (laughs) i i i think one of my friends a guy (laughs) i don't know if i should say people's real names but i'm going to pat mcgowan did you know him in college we went to we went to college together no no Anyway, he made a, a student film and I starred in it like I don't even have it. Like <laughs> you say you you can't find your movies on any of these streaming services. The one the one that I was in, I don't even have. But it was a it was a lot of fun to make. It sounds like this was too. The actors who were involved really had a good time and they hung out together and partied together at night. The movie was shot in chronological order and and most of the actors 
save one, stuck around even after their characters were killed off just to watch and hang out and have a good time. And that's endearing to me. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You know, the acting in this movie's not amazing. I read several reviews, and several reviews were very critical of the acting. I thought it was fine. Like, you did? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fine. Maybe. I didn't. You know what? We're, we're not talking Shakespeare here. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. They no, knew I, their I, lines. They, they delivered oh. them with some expression. Like, <laughs> it was all right. They knew it. <laughs> delivered their lines without grammatical mistakes and therefore <laughs> the acting is perfectly fine i mean oh, the gosh. writing's not great either right so i mean always in these movies you've got to cut the actor some slack when the material that they're working with isn't isn't exactly shakespeare either right well and they're kids <laughs> i don't have any idea how old these kids were i'm guessing somewhere in their 20s you know you said that one girl was in still in college yeah probably i mean they were probably most of them, you know, fresh out of college, I would guess. As is typically the case, the actors look older than the characters they're meant to play, I think. But I don't know. Just overall, like watching the movie, I thought, yeah, I mean, it's it's a competent <laughs> slasher film. But I, I'm just saying, like, if you look at the performances in this movie and compare them directly to the performances in Friday the 13th, which spawned a huge franchise, yeah, it's not same. dissimilar. No, yeah, it's you're fine. right. And as far as everything else goes in this movie, I mean, the cinematography, everything else, I mean, it's not remarkable, but it is certainly not terrible. No. I mean, we have seen terrible we have seen yes people say to me like all the people always love to say oh this is like the worst movie ever made you know like the latest movie starring the rock you know that cost five million dollars right. or whatever please you you do not have a horror film podcast which has been going on for over 250 right. episodes you know what i mean <laughs> you have not seen the drack of the drack like we have seen and right so there's, exactly you're right i mean this is kind of like Friday the 13th level material and filmmaking, I think, more or less. Yeah. You know what's great about this? The movie starts out with the... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this woman making a birthday cake. And the music is just so nice. And it's one of these movies that starts with this nice, playful, cheerful, kind of happy music because, you know, something horrible is about to happen because that's how these movies always start. Uh-huh. And <laughs> she's baking a birthday cake, and it's like, happy birthday. And then there's a little boy named Ed who's in the other room who's very cheerfully sticks a sign up <laughs> on his dad's gun cabinet that says happy birthday daddy they're all clean thanks to me <laughs> it pulls a I gun know. out of the gun cabinet and i'm like oh shit like really <laughs> i know <laughs> but I, I did, was thinking the same thing i did think he was going to kill himself and what he ends up doing is well he's you know ineptly cleaning this gun and staring down the barrel of it and everything he just raises it up and fires and it's loaded and it shoots through the kitchen door and kills his mom so his mom who was decorating a cake so it's a family tragedy and at that moment when he goes in to see what happened his father stumbles in and his father it must have been decided some point in the casting of this film that his dad was good enough to play the dad in this movie but not to speak yeah because he says nothing and he just kind of stumbles in and sees what happens and it's it, the whole thing is almost done in pantomime <laughs> where it is dramatic pantomime where he kind of confronts his son slaps him um, and then drags his wife's body away 
Yeah, I mean, the way that this opening scene is presented, it, it it's almost laughable. Like, you know what's oh, yeah. going to happen. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. As soon as you see that a kid is going to be cleaning guns and you know you're in a horror movie, something bad is going to happen. Truthfully, you know... <laughs> Lock up your guns, people. You know, it, I, <laughs> I'm being as, as serious as I can for our podcast. I, I'm not anti-gun. Uh, I come from a rural area where hunting is an important part of life. I'm not a hunter, but many people in my family are. I'm not anti-gun, but lock them up. <laughs> Lock them up because yeah. you don't want your kids getting a hold of them. This public service announcement brought to you by two guys in a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Lock up your chainsaws too, by the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Drain the not gas a bad tank, idea. But I, I saw, them. you know, th- this happened, and, and it's sad. I felt bad for the kid, and like I, I felt bad for the dad too. And yeah, like the dad is so stoic, like he has, he drags the mom's body into his little hunting den or whatever, and props her up next to the couch that he sits on and he sits there and he has a drink and he gives she's dead and he gives her a drink of the whiskey and he takes he takes the sign that the kid had made down and pins it on her chest <laughs> like so weird, oh though. my goodness it's so silly and it's staged i read that the actress who was cast as the mom uh, backed out at the last second for religious reasons. I, I <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. She was anti-birthday or anti-gun? I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. But um, she backed out at the last minute, so the the set caterer stepped in, <laughs> and uh, the director said that his biggest regret about this film was that he didn't get an opportunity to taste that birthday cake that she made. <laughs> you kidding me? What the hell? No. <laughs> That's his biggest oh. regret. Oh, bless this man's heart. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this no. makes the movie just so charming and cute. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's an obvious setup, and especially since then, it jumps to present day, the 80s or whatever. Ed Jr., the kid is now in college and he's just hanging out with his college friends in this bar and they're like lamenting how they don't have anything to do for fall for break fall break <laughs> fall break what is fall break i don't what know i was trying to even? figure that out what is fall break is it it's like thanksgiving <laughs> like maybe i don't know arbor day there's like a three-day weekend on Arbor Day, isn't there? I don't know what fall break is. I don't, I don't know. We need to, you know, talk about how they end up getting to this condo, but we can't fail to mention the great song, the fall break song, that <laughs> was clearly written that was clearly oh. written for the movie because it references like it's about the, the song is about the movie. <laughs> it's about the <laughs> I movie. It's like and fall break. We're going to this condo for fall break. Empty cottage sitting on the shore. Tourists all left about a month before, and we're gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on a, a fall break, fall walking hand in hand in the moonlight. 
They have this inane dialogue in the bar. It's been plucked out of every high school sex comedy made in the 80s. Oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. Well, my dad's got this condo. He gets a call from his dad, Ed does, at the bar. Uh, at just at the time they're lamenting what they're going to do fall, for fall break. And it turns out his dad, who he hasn't talked to in ages, and he has nothing but bad mm. things to say about, despite the fact, by the way, that he killed his wife. Yeah, right. I mean, get a little bit of sympathy for your father here, you know? I mean, you seem remarkably well-adjusted after all this, you know? Right. Like, He's fine. Have a didn't little really bit. It didn't mess him up at all. He's <laughs> he, fine. Has, he has absolutely no regrets about this incident or something, or he's, he's really good at compartmentalizing. Things. Well, what's the problem? Will you let the man talk? And he wants me to close up his condo for the winter. Uh, that sounds like work. What's the matter, Big Strong? You afraid of a little work? Oh, he just has to save his strength for more important things. Right. It's not it. I mean, all my life, the creeps ignored me and treated me like some red-headed bastard. Um, oh, sorry. Now, all of a sudden, he calls me up and asks me to do something. Oh, that sounds great. Sounds like we have a new plan. Let's go to the beach. And then the song kicks in. Fall break. <laughs> not before not before Ed says, I got a bad feeling about this. Fall break, fall break. And they're cruising down the highway in a convertible. Six of them in a tiny convertible. Dodging the cops, goofing off. Goofy Ralph jumps out of the car and pees in a field. Ooh, that's hilarious. The cops are trailing. And they pretend that they're going to ditch him there. Like, (laughs) it's so goofy. I had to stop. I literally stopped the movie and went back to be like, Am I really watching the mutilator, or is this? Did I get the <laughs> well? Because they they when they changed the title of the movie, they didn't even change the title card. Mm-hmm. You know, like the title card still says "Fall Break," and <laughs> the "Fall Break" theme song. Like I really don't even understand. Okay, so I guess what happened was um, they made the movie, and it went through the MPAA, and it was going to get an X rating for gore, and they didn't want that because. At the time, the X rating was heavily associated with porn, and they didn't want that association, so they decided to release it unrated. But by releasing it unrated, it had a very limited release and didn't do well at all. So the following year, they uh, edited it, not very much, I mean, like seconds. They took out a number of seconds of, of the gore effects. And they released it again, still under the title. And it got a wider release, but it didn't really do any better than the first time. And so I guess when they released it on video, they decided to change. I read they changed it for marketing purposes. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't like. I don't understand. Some movie that nobody saw initially, you're just going to change the name and think that's going to make a difference and not even bother to change the title, title card? card. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, a movie called Spring Break sounds like, you know, Rodney Dangerfield is in it or something like that. And it's just going to be some goofy comedy, which is what this movie appears to be for like the first 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll have to watch a movie called Spring Break sometime because that's not what this one's called. Fall Break. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
there's no such thing I'm as sorry. fall break. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I understand. Like, fall, the mutilator sounds like a movie we would watch. Fall break does not sound like that's true. the two guys yeah. in a chainsaw pot. That makes sense. It, it, it had more shelf appeal. That yeah. makes sense. Video so. store shelf appeal. The mutilator, that sounds a lot more intriguing than fall mm. break. They they even they get to the condo. Okay, there's a stupid scene that I didn't really understand the purpose of, where Ralph, the goofy one, like goes in to buy some beer and thinks he tricks the store clerk into giving him a discount, but then the store clerks just make fun of him, and that was some terrible acting. Oh, that was God. the only acting that, that I thought and dubbing, was... by the way, terrible acting yeah. and dubbing. Ooh, it was almost charmingly bad <laughs> yes and it's it really throws you for a loop because once again it just sets you up for this movie that it's not going to be which is probably why they had to freaking change the title you watch a movie called spring break or fall break excuse me you watch a movie <laughs> called fall break you go to the drive-in and you start watching the first 30 minutes of this and you'll probably start running back looking for a refund because you're like i came in here to see a horror movie and this is like the worst so-called comedy. Right. It, did, it wouldn't have lived up to expectations by that point. Thankfully, they get to the condo. And while they're at the condo, Ed gives them a tour. So, I mean, the characters are Ed and his girlfriend, Pam, who we learn and are repeatedly reminded that she's the virgin. Uh, that was so frustrating. <laughs> oh, my <to> God. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I I literally have in my notes, Pam won't f*** for unexplained reasons. <laughs> like they, they 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 make like they make a huge deal out of oh it. Oh my like, god, repeatedly. And then there's a huge scene where she lays it out for Ed once again as they're sitting on the bed. Uh uh-uh. uh, we have a deal, buddy, and I'm holding you to it. Ah, oh, come on. Look, you know how I feel about you, and I want to. I really do, you know that. But I'm just not going to. Some other time, maybe. But not here, and not now. God, come on. Lighten up, Pam. <laughs> well, but she she doesn't even give any reasons or anything. Uh, 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 okay, now to be fair, you don't have to explain yourself if you don't want to be intimate with somebody. That's uh, yeah. your choice. That's your choice. But, like, why is the movie making such a big deal out of it? It's weird. They're projecting. I think they're projecting that she's going to be the final girl just as yeah, much as they they have projected the killer. There's no question who the killer is in this movie, by the way. No, you there see is, him from the beginning. That is the weirdest thing. And there are no red herrings. There's no twist. There's nothing. It's like, yeah, Ed's dad is the killer. And we don't even really understand why. But anyway, he is. And that's the end of it. I, well, I mean, we understand why, I guess. Because he's crazy because his wife died. Right, and he has these weird fantasies about killing his son, like, at the time. Like, he has a fantasy, like, at first he, like, strangles him and holds him up in the air, and then he shoots him, I think, and then he slits his throat. Like, he's fantasizing about all these ways he can kill his son. Obviously, he's been traumatized and damaged by the death of his wife, but why now? Yeah. And why kill all of his friends <laughs> first? Those poor guys. Like, were, that seems mean. They were just out to help. He's the one who asked for them to come out and winterize <laughs> the cabin. Let's, this is They're coming poor to way, clean his house. Poor way to show your appreciation. 
at least wait until they have, quote, poured antifreeze into the plumbing, which is not a thing either. <laughs> I, this was one of the list of things that he's supposed to do. Don't do that, guys. Don't watch this movie and think you're supposed to pour antifreeze in your plumbing. If you're worried about your plumbing in the wintertime, just keep the hot water heater on. Keep the heat in your house on. You will be fine. Maybe drip your faucet. Oh, my God. Okay. God, there, I feel like there were several things that people said that I'm like, what? What are you talking about? That's not a thing. I don't remember anything. Like, like fall break. <laughs> yes, like fall break. Well, and they go there, and like the house looks like a frat party had been held there the night before. Like there are booze bottles everywhere. But there's this hilarious scene where they're looking around, and like there are hunting trophies everywhere, mm. and. Ed Jr. says, yeah, dad used to tell me I've hunted everything, but man, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the hunting trophies is a framed picture of a mutilated dead man that the dad had run over with his boat. Like, what? Framed picture. (laughs) And nobody even thinks that's weird. (laughs) They're like, oh, that's interesting. What's what else is this on the wall? But what is it? It's like a little metal, tiny little metal pyramid or something. I don't know what that was either. It must be some weird southern thing or something. Like Ed tells a story of how his friend, his dad was drunk with his friends one time and they decided to throw these at the wall and his dad won. And so then he just stuck a frame on the wall around the spot where they played this game. Right. Where like this spiky thing had stuck in the wall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a setup. There, You know, there's kind of payoff for it later, but I had no idea what that thing was. I have no idea what I've never heard of it was. before, yeah, my life. But but there's also a, a giant gaff hook on display. The, the I mean, it just looks like an enormous fishing hook, but it's the hooks that big fishermen, or excuse me, fishermen <laughs> who fish for big fish. Probably they're also big too, yeah. Probably, but it's what they used, you know, grab them and pull them into the boat. But obviously ominous, like, oh, somebody's going to get killed with that later. And then there's like a Mayan ritual sacrifice mask that they make a big deal out of that has no connection to the plot. Yeah. I I read that that was a setup for a sequel. (laughs) Oh. I I had no idea, one, why they ever thought that there would be a sequel to this movie. (laughs) Or where they planned to go with this Mayan ritual sacrifice mask. I don't know. There's also a place that's supposed to be for a battle axe, but it's missing, and they're like, oh my gosh, maybe somebody broke in here and stole it. Call the police! I feel like that's Pam, the sensible one. Mm. And Ed's like, no, I'm sure he just took it with him. It's his favorite <laughs> battle axe. Why wouldn't you take <laughs> why, wouldn't he, why wouldn't you take the battle well, axe? He's not far but, off. But then the, the he, dad, and no, I know, because the dad's just hiding in the garage. <laughs> and like as soon as he, they talk about the battle axe, you see him hiding down there just like holding it. <laughs> he's snuggling it. He is like sleeping <laughs> With the battle axe, like a woman <laughs> or a man, depending on what you're into, into in <laughs> in the closet of the basement, and and 
that's it. Like, we see him. And I'm thinking, okay, they've done all this foreshadowing on the dad and how weird he is and how he's into all these scary things and he's a trophy hunter and all that. Oh, Ed's like, they call them trophy hunters. Like, okay, thank you, Einstein. And his, da- <laughs> and his dad is in the garage, in the closet, snuggling with a battle axe, having dreams about killing his son. This is the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. And I'm thinking, okay, so who's the real killer? There's no way that the movie just went all out in the beginning and just laid all this out for us. But yeah, that's exactly what the movie did. Well, and I was not thinking that. I was thinking they, the movie is laying it all out. Like, it's making everything perfectly obvious. And I felt like it had to do that because nothing else happens this is a movie it's like an hour and 20 something minutes long i mean with credits it's probably (laughs) an hour 15 an hour 20 and in the first 25 30 minutes nothing happens like it's just them getting there and talking about the dad and we see the dad hiding in the garage i'm like come on i mean i guess you know we had the mom got killed in the beginning but that was an accident that's not you know a slasher type thing it's not until they finally, finally get there, and uh, they're all in couples. It's um, Ed and Pam, Mike and Linda, and Ralph and Sue. They're all couples. And Mike and his Linda, Linda sneak off to the garage to foreshadow all the future murder weapons. Right. That's what this scene is. Right. They, like, systematically go through, open up the closet of the garage. Oh, look at these crazy spikes on the wall. What do you suppose these are for? Wouldn't think they'd have to be so sharp, would you? I don't know. Hey, look at this a minute. You don't think this is what ran over that sucker upstairs, do you? Nah, it's too small for a ski boat. Yeah, too small for a ski boat. Oh, check out this, like, spiky thing on here. I wonder what that's for. Gosh, I wouldn't want to be stabbed in the head with that. Literally, systematically go through and introduce to us all the things we're going to see the killer kill people with later. That's right. That's right. Every single death is foreshadowed. And it's also like it's building tension because they just almost find the dad in there before they're distracted and go off. And then they go off walking down the beach. I have no idea where this was filmed. North Carolina, I think. I mean, it's a a beachfront community. It looked just like the beachfront vacation spots that I go to with my parents <laughs> yeah. and my my and my whole family, my sister and her kids and stuff um, in Florida, like with the long piers and just all these condos lining the beach. <sighs> it made me want to go on vacation, but not mm, where this there kind are of vacation killers, right? Um. But so then Mike and Linda are just walking around and they find a greenhouse. (laughs) What was this? It was like a giant, enormous swimming pool surrounded by like potted plants and trees under an inflated tent. Yeah. It was so weird. That was weird. Freely available, apparently. I don't know, for the public or something. They filmed it at a house that was under construction. So I wonder if the pool and all these plants were, like, covered for construction. I don't know. I mean, it looks cool. It's a good setting uh, for a horror movie. And then they get naked. 
There's not a lot of nudity in this movie. You don't see much. You do see Linda's boobs here in this scene, but I feel like that's kind of it. Yeah. They skinny dip, and the other couples are looking for them on the beach. We see that the dad is watching them. And then um, Linda and Mike are playing, like, tag or Marco Polo or something. It's, it's hard to really interpret what this scene is all about. Because the movie just depends on close-ups to sort of mask the fact that this is just two people in a relative, <laughs> in a completely empty pool that's brightly lit, who are swimming around and ducking under the water and above the water, and suddenly still having a really hard time finding each other. It's yeah. bizarre. <laughs> it the pool itself is lit. I mean, it's just bizarre. So they're trying to play this Marco Polo game or whatever, and apparently, at one point, Mike is underwater for ten seconds, and <laughs> right. these Linda pops up, and these two hands reach up. From under the water, I don't know, like, none of it makes sense, right? And drown her. I mean, that's it. I mean, there's no way this guy could have been hiding under the water this whole time. Knowing right. Knowing they were going to well, be there and, then, and like, sneak off with her like he does. Exactly. He, okay, so this was supposed to be a gore effects scene. He was supposed to shoot her with a harpoon from underneath, which if you watch it, the cinematography suggests that because she floats up. So, like, she's doing, like, a back float. Like, it, it's a perfect setup for something to come bursting through her chest. Yeah. But they couldn't get the effect right. So they just did the drowning, which, you know, works fine. I mean, it's, it's just as scary. Except for that then, like you said, the killer, who's the dad we know, carries her up the pool ladder out of the pool. And apparently he took off all his clothes to get, like... <laughs> Because, I mean, we don't see his whole body, but his legs and feet are naked when he's crawling up out of there. I'm like, this other naked dude slipped into this pool with you and neither of you noticed? And the the guy didn't notice when this other dude was lifting her body up out of... Oh, God. But whatever, it's fine. (laughs) You just gotta roll with it, yeah. Yeah. That's all you can do. And and the dad takes all of their clothes and, like, uses them to leave a trail. Like, Mike thinks that this is uh, some kind of, like, sexy game. (laughs) 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 And so he finds his pants and puts them on, but then he's finding, like, her panties and bra and stuff. And Though it appeared that they had traveled far away to get to this pool, Mike is immediately led back to the garage condo. There's panties hanging on a closet door in the garage. And so he thinks she's in there, which she is, but she's dead. But he opens it and the killer is there with a boat motor, like a trolling motor. <laughs> and he immediately fires up. <laughs> yeah. And and cuts this guy up with and this guy, the guy who played Mike, his acting was bad. Oh, and he was, was the only he was the only one of these young kids that was not into hanging out, sticking around, having fun. I read that he was more concerned about just hanging out on the beach working on his tan, and it <laughs> looks like it. Like, he looks like that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, apparently, like he was, he, he was even dissatisfied with his makeup and insisted on impl- applying his makeup himself. And it looks like it. Like it looks like he's got too much makeup on. Yeah, he's way too pretty. It's ridiculous. I, I, um, as I learned from my last gig on the movie set, it tends to be the douchiest people who are also the worst actors. Like it never correlates. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy, but I don't think that he was as good looking as he thought he was what what i wrote about this kill is that it was a lame kill but yeah decent gore effects like you see all of these slashes and the blood on his chest the gore effects throughout are pretty good yeah i, I mean it, it's all practical there's a lot of dummy work good dummy work yeah i know i love it uh even when it's obvious even when it doesn't look real I've said it a million times. People are going to get sick of it. I just appreciate the craftsmanship. I appreciate the artistry, the effort that goes into that. So I, I, I liked that. And then the killer hangs up their bodies on those ridiculously sharp spikes yeah. that are supposed to be for hanging the nets. I thought that he would surely pick them up and like impale their backs. No, he just like sticks it through the back of their heads. Yeah. So like, they're just hanging there by their heads. Yeah. I guess uh, the idea is like he's making trophies like human trophies in the closet down there yeah but it's kind of and that's what's suggested by the cover art too it is what it is it's fine everybody else goes out looking for them but they're not really looking for them they're just kind of hanging out on the beach and then they run into this cop who says hey you know you kids might want to go inside be careful there's a storm coming blah 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 that part was dumb. Like it was really I, dumb. I felt like it was just a setup for another kill, which is fine. But like, God, why is this cop harassing them on the beach? And like, he's so ominous. Like, uh, like I'm here to warn. You could get struck by lightning on the beach. And they're like, okay, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> they're freaked out about it, and they go back. But there's also kind of a big deal made by Ed in the beginning of the movie. When he's like, yeah, the cops don't really come out here much. Uh, there's one guy who just like comes out across the bridge, patrols the beach, and goes home every day. And I thought, okay, well, that's like going to be significant. Like at some point, they're going to try to reach the cops, or they're going to need the cops, and right. they're not going to be available. It's it's really just like setting up this guy coming in to warn them about being struck by lightning. And then he goes back, and he has the weirdest kill. Like somehow the kids mention, oh. Um, have you seen our friends? Because they haven't been here. Uh, and they say something about the house, about how when they were up there, you know, it seemed like the place had been trash. And the cop says something along the lines, well, I, I don't know if I've seen anybody up there recently. And so I guess the cop goes back to the house just to kind of double check on things. Because instantly he's back at the house and in front of that garage again. And he walks around a little bit. And then he turns around and it's the weirdest it's like the most awkward stab. With a fence post. Stabs him in the face, in the cheek. It looks weird. It was weird. But then he cuts his head off. Yeah, so that part's cool. With yeah. an axe. There are a couple beheadings in this movie, just because beheadings are cool, I think. Yep. And it's really gory. You see every little bit of it. And it's it's dummies. Yeah. But they, they look... They look good. I mean, you know, it's bright red blood. It's juicy. Like, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and then they walk back, and Pam talks more about how she's a virgin. Uh, and then they get back in there, and they're like, oh, well, the two are still aren't here yet, blah, blah, blah. Let's play Monopoly. No, let's play something else. And then another thing that I thought was foreshadowing, Pam gets pissed off at Ralph about something. 
Ralph the Joker and immediately like pulls some Aikido moves on him and like ends up with him down on the ground. She's standing over him. And I thought, okay, so we know Pam's a virgin and she also must have these crazy like martial arts skills and all this is going to, you know, come in handy later, which it didn't. It's just more stuff that happen. Right. It's funny because I don't even remember that. And that could have something to do with the fact that while I was watching this, I was like, looking at Facebook. (laughs) I just didn't feel like I was going to miss much. It's not necessarily that the movie is boring. And we have said many times that is the cardinal sin. If a movie is boring, uh, no, no bueno, but it wasn't boring. It was just like, yeah, okay. I I get it. I see where you're going there. (laughs) When somebody starts screaming, I'll check back in. (laughs) I I really I really did watch most of it but I was a little bit distracted. I didn't remember that. But just such silly stuff like yeah they play Monopoly for a while. Fun. Ooh, everybody loves playing Monopoly. You know what's Ugh. even more fun than playing Monopoly? Watching people play Monopoly. God, yeah. So thank <laughs> God they didn't stick with that for too much. But then when they finally get bored with that, then they decide to play Blind Man's Bluff, which is basically I guess grown-up hide and seek. We used to call it ghosts in the guard uh, in the graveyard or something like that Uh, yeah it's basically hide and seek but you play in the dark and one the person who's it hides and then everybody else looks for them and when you find the person then you just stick and hide with them until there's only one person left and then that person is the loser or whatever i don't know why i took the time to tell you all that because it really makes no difference they they play but i did like Obviously, it's it's not that dark in there because we can see what's going on. I actually appreciated that because it drives me nuts when movies are so dark that I can't see what's going on. But we're supposed to believe that they can't really see anything. Exactly. Because while they're in there... The killer comes in and is looking around and is right in the room with them, but they just assume that it's ed because ed is the last one of them but it's not but it, it, it's a nice tense scene but with no payoff because yeah. then the the dad uh ed senior just leaves and ed jr comes in and finds them okay game over and then he's like what should we do now and they're all like let's go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but then i love that um pam speaks up as is pam's role in this movie to be this person and it's like but you know i'm still worried about where mike and linda are and i love how ralph who's been the goofy guy this whole time turns around to her and starts to have like a serious moment they've been gone so long hey don't worry about mike and linda they're just having a good time enjoying each other's company you know it has been a pretty long week for all of us and they're just relaxing okay all right all right come on Okay, never mind. Who cares about Mike and Linda? And they they all decide to go to bed. Well, and then, so they're in bed, and Pam's like, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. And the the guy's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So they just go to sleep. But Ralph and Sue are starting to get busy, but she's like, wait, shouldn't we lock up? And he's like, what about Mike and Linda? And she's like, we'll go find them. Like, what? (laughs) Like... 
<laughs> this I don't understand on so many levels. First of all, you are college kids on a break at a remote location where they say a hundred thousand times nobody else is there. Like it's the off season. I have gone on college trips. I don't recall anyone at any time ever being con- concerned about locking up. <laughs> and the fact that their two friends are still out there, like, you can't lock up. Like, what are they going to do when they come home? It's ridiculous. But she says, well, you know, go find them and get them in so we can lock up and then I'll show you something. And then there is a completely out of place. <laughs> Benny Hill moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like a sped up scene of him like getting dressed like, oh, I'm going to get to see some boobies if I find these people. So let's do it in fast frame to show how eager I am about that. Right. With that music behind it. Like, what? Yes. Why? So stupid. Way to keep the tension up. It's good. So he goes out. He looks for them. He gets pitchforked through the throat and pinned to the hideout door in the garage. Just for being annoying, basically. That's what I I guess. Whatever. At this point, I felt like, okay, there's only a few of them left. Let's get them killed off. Get to the end. And that's what they do. Sue goes out looking for him. Pam hears Sue looking around, wakes up Ed, says, something's wrong. Everybody's missing. Nobody's here. And he's like, oh, I'm sure they're just messing around. Blah, blah. Eventually, Sue, Pam, and Ed are all together and... (laughs) <laughs> and Pam, the smart one, wants to go get help. But Sue's like, no, we should just look around just one last time. <laughs> and they're like, fine, you go off by yourself. <laughs> we'll go look around. <laughs> and so Sue literally 10 steps away turns the corner <laughs> gets lifted up by the killer by her throat taken into the garage the gaff hook gets shoved through her cooter (laughs) (laughs) this blew me away i could not i was really not expecting this in the movie me either i was like is this really happening like in this movie through her cooter, up through her abdomen, and then she gets chopped, uh, presumably beheaded, I guess, with the axe. Now, a lot of these horror movies, especially these forgettable ones, go down in history because they had that one scene, you know, that was Uh so crazy and so shocking that that's all anybody ever talks about. And I do not understand why this movie is not in that category. Right. I don't know why more people are not talking about a giant gaff hook being shoved into this woman's vagina and up through her stomach. Why are we, are we, are we just discovering this for the first time? I'm blown away by that. I mean, it was, and it was full on. I mean, like they didn't leave anything to the imagination here. You see it. And like, is this a morality lesson? Is this because she was the one who was, DTF that like mm. then she gets a hook through the cooter. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> I, they, they didn't. They didn't hang her up by it. So at least that much, you know. That's but, true. You that's know. true. <laughs> that would have given this movie the notoriety. That's probably they didn't go far enough. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ed and Pam, like they literally just circle the house. So they come back and they find her dead, and then they stumble upon all of the other bodies. And then the killer shows up, 
So Ed locks Pam in a closet? What? Like, what was... What was he thinking? Mm. Like, I don't understand it. Like, here, I'll protect you. I'll lock you in this closet so you can't get out. Not so that the killer can't get in, because he just, like, you know, does the whole shove a chair up under the doorknob thing. But from the outside. So if he gets incapacitated or killed, then she's just a sitting duck. Like, I have no idea what that was all about. So Ed hits his dad with something, but then his dad slaps him in the face, which immediately knocks him out cold. (laughs) What? It's that childhood trauma. I guess. Pam somehow gets herself out of the closet and just barely stops the dad from chopping Ed's head off. And somehow in the interim, the dad has also like hogtied Ed. Yeah. I missed that entirely. I missed that too. That was like a cut scene or something. I don't know. But he's on the floor. She's knifed the guy in the back and he seems to be out. So she cuts Ed loose and they go to the car and they go to try to start it. Now, it's cute because she actually, this was pretty funny. She tries to put him in the front, in the driver's seat. And the first thing I was thinking of, because Ed has been stabbed mercilessly in the the right leg i thought what he's gonna drive the car and he's like i can't drive the car you need to drive the car okay so she pushes him (laughs) aside and i thought oh that's that's cute like the movie's not that dumb and then she gets in and she starts rolling up the windows and locking the doors and i'm like oh it's also not that dumb but i also knew well they're not gonna be able to start the car and of course they couldn't start the car but this this scene actually was the most tense scene in the movie for me i really liked this scene where they're stuck in the car and they're trying to get out and she's panicking, she's trying to start and she's pumping the gas too much, which is flooding the carburetor. And he's like, you flooded it. We got to wait for a minute. (laughs) And then she like tries it again, but then he's bleeding. And so she kind of bends down. She's like, well, let me wrap your leg while we're waiting. And in the background through the windshield, you can kind of see this, this guy walking away, which is totally what you expect is going to happen, but still was cool. And then he's like, oh, turn off the headlights because you know, you'll save the, the, the battery. And she flickers the headlights. And it's like, um, he's not there anymore and at that moment exactly what i was expecting the guys on the roof trying to stab through convertible top yeah i really like that scene i I think it's the best most tense scene in the movie even though you know it was predictable i was just it was good it was a good bit yeah i thought it was fine and he you know like he cuts open the convertible top and he grabs ed by the throat pam who you gotta give the girl credit she's crafty she you know she can take care of herself she pushes in the car cigarette lighter i don't even know if we have any young listeners but if we do they may have no idea what we're talking about (laughs) Uh, yeah we used to have these things called cigarette lighters in the cars you push them in they get (laughs) real hot and then you pull them out and you can light your cigarette with it like red hot but what i liked about it was she pushed it in but waited (laughs) real life fashion like it's not immediate you had to wait for that thing to heat up and so she does she waits (laughs) and then she pulls it out and she burns his hand and that kind of gets him away for a little bit and then she finally gets the car started cops show up for unexplained reasons unless Mm. maybe they're concerned about the dead cop i'm I'm not yeah because he did call in and say where he was so i mean if they hadn't reported in for a while they might be coming out to see what was going on yeah so they show up they're in the background um but meanwhile this guy is still trying to get at them through the roof so sue gets the car started and 
swerves it around so that the guy, the killer, is kind of on the back. She puts it in reverse and floors it and backs into a wall, which crushes the dad, which would have been enough, but I'm glad they went the extra mile and just had it (laughs) cut him right in half. (laughs) But then, (laughs) what's his name? Ed Jr. like looks back and he goes, Jesus Christ, that's my dad. (laughs) I know. I was like, did he just now realize that? (laughs) No, I don't even think it was a realization. I think he knew it was his dad. I think it was just like, holy shit, you just cut my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So the dad is lying there in two pieces yes like legs somewhere else torso over here and a cop walks up and the torso (laughs) wakes up and with his axe chops the cop's leg off and then he dies oh my god i thought that was so funny it was hilarious completely chopped in half but his torso still chopped that cop's leg off (laughs) (sighs) oh And then it cuts, it, it just cuts to Ed and Pam in the hospital, and... Which is totally unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just to establish that they're fine, I guess. I mean, he's in, like, a hospital robe. He's been treated for his injuries. She's just hanging out wistfully, and, you know, they look at each other and smile. The end. But, um, but and the, then And then the, the credits, credits roll, and it's bloopers, it, yeah. The movie's still thinks it's like an 80s sex comedy because the end credits roll back up and it's like, fall break, fall break, do, do, do. And it's it's those classic like end credits where it like shows the actors' names again and then outtakes from the movie, like when the actors are uh-huh. like in a smiling in a, in a serious scene or whatever. It looks right into camera, right? <laughs> like, so cute, you know? I mean, it's totally off tone. The, ver- the very first one they show is of that fantasy scene where the guy is holding the kid up by his neck and like they're all serious and the kid is scared and then they just both start laughing (laughs) (laughs) i like it i'm a sucker for end credits bloopers and outtakes so yeah i thought it was cute (laughs) (laughs) and then in my case anyway it said next up you know amazon prime wanted to serve me up witchboard which yeah that was about right i mean like (laughs) sure sure (laughs) that about that about fit the whole tone of this movie it my God, the movie was so, like I said before, completely textbook standard slasher movie, utterly predictable to a fault. Like, they didn't try to hide anything. No. Really good gore effects, but silly, silly situations. And the acting was horrible. I'm sorry, Craig, but the acting was really horrible. And that made it fun. Like, you know, it was, again, this was a... a very much one of those watch it with a group of people so bad it's good movies yeah really enjoyed watching it even though when you're watching it by yourself it's pretty boring (laughs) yeah it is that's true but that's the thing like i have been enjoying recently finding these more obscure movies that i didn't happen to see when i was a kid um I, I, I'm super nostalgic for this time period and I, I very much enjoy going back and revisiting those movies that I've seen. Um, but there's also something to be said for, you know, seeing something that I missed. 
Yeah, the and first it, time it, around. And it's new, it's new to me. It has all of the familiarity of those movies that I enjoyed when I was a kid, but I've not seen it before, so there's novelty to it. And this is one of those. It's it's not a great movie, but I'm still happy to have come across it. I'm happy to have seen it. I'm happy to be able to, in casual conversation, reference these obscure movies <laughs> that most people don't know about. It's it's fun for you know you and I are diehard fans, and and so I think that people like us will enjoy something like this. Mm. Um, it's not something... If I were trying to introduce somebody to horror, if I were trying to, you know, like, somebody like my partner who's not big into horror, I wouldn't have him watch this movie. It's not good. I would pick something better, you know, uh, to expose him to. But I enjoyed it. It was silly. It was mindless. It was fun. It was not a great movie. It wasn't even really a good movie, but it was an easy, casual watch. And and for those folks like us who enjoy this kind of stuff, I'd say, yeah, get, check it out. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you've got time. <laughs> <laughs> it's only an hour and 24 minutes anyway. That's right. And, and it's nice to know, like you said, that these kind of movies are still out there for us to discover. You know, we feel like we might have seen it all. And no, like there is right. actually a long list of this same shit that we haven't seen that we can't wait to see. So uh-huh. thank you, Dave, for uh, dredging another one up from the muck for us to uh, to enjoy and goof on. It was really fun. Yeah. We're going on a, a ball break, ball running break. in the sand, feeling all right. All right, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us online on our website, twoguys.red40net.com. Leave us a message there or go to our Facebook page or our Twitter account and just let us know what you thought of this film. Dig up a few more of these fun 80 slashers for us. Uh, we, we can't get enough of them, really. If you know a really good one, let us know, and we will be sure to do it in an upcoming episode. Until then, I am Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Chainsaw.